the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. in Orlando, Kara? No, not this year. I've been there in a long time. True. <laughs> Going to Orlando. I love how he says that. Ooh, go to Orlando. There he goes. He's he's always vacationing in Florida, isn't he? Got Mar Largo down there. So there's Donald J. Trump running for re-election, Carrie, mm-hmm. in Orlando. Yeah. Um, so you're not going on vacation. I, I'm glad you're not going. No. It's, it's too dangerous to go on vacation anymore. Well, no, I think there's plenty. Well, see, that's where I very much like the continental U.S. <laughs> there's, right. there's so many places to see in this beautiful country as far as different environments and but even even in US i mean i mean look at the ads i mean it's just it's heavy it's dangerous to go on vacation um you know family alleges carnival wouldn't let dying man get off ship hmm. child escapes serious injury after attempting uh, after an attempted cougar attack in washington that's in a washington right. park okay um it just didn't seem real mother of two plunges to death after slipping at a waterfall right um, you know uh, 8 year old you know 8 year old boy in vacation um uh, i think that was in a um he was on a float and he went in North Carolina and they floated out to sea and they got him back. And then, of course, all the the Dominican Republic. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Um, you know, the uh, 
you know, and then remember the Texas couple that died of mysterious illness in Fiji? Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. See, not only, though, I mean, things happen anywhere, but in the United States, we have some great health care. So (laughs) I feel like if something does happen versus depending on where you're at. Mm. So, you know, maybe it's good that you're not going on vacation and and, and you're not the only American who's skipping vacation this year, Carrie. So we'll Mm -hmm. talk a little about today when you get us started. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your financial life. And that's whether you're working and thinking about how am I going to fund my retirement? Um, when can I possibly afford to retire? And dealing with some of those issues maybe you're concerned about that can maybe delay or prevent you from retiring. Um, or how do you deal with those, what we call those financial challenges or financial disruptors? If you're in retirement, you have other issues, and hopefully we'll talk about there's, you know, how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible? The big thing, and you're talking about vacations, Mark, is spending, knowing what can I afford to spend, which seems to be universal, without running out of money, where you don't want to overspend, but you also don't want to underspend, maybe. Maybe I'm not spending money because I'm worried about some of those disruptors. So it's kind of that balance, and uh, that's what the estate planning team is one thing that we do is we build long-term conservative realistic plans and build in very detailed for the clients that worked with us a long time, price tags, time frames, different inflation rates, um, different assumptions um, in this long plan. And then it's coming back saying what's possible, what's not. Are you spending too much? Should you be spending less? And then incorporating also the tax planning piece, the long term and being proactive is how do you set things up so that you have different pots of money? Mark talked last week on the tax wrappers. How do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible? Because it's all about the net spendable dollars and getting the most net benefit. And whether and we help with states of all different sizes, whether it's a smaller state or a very large estate, that universal, will I have enough um, or what's it going to take to fund the retirement lifestyle? And it's really much more than defining it. And I know you're, you talked about vacations when we ask people about what's their travel plans in retirement. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a universal goal when we're working on our clients' goals and objectives. It's very common goal in is is a going term is it uh, you know Mark I want to travel more Kara how many times have right. you heard that But then some people who say well no I don't really want to travel but when you really spend time well okay but travel still but I go see family out of okay well even if you which I I love the continental US even if you travel in the continent that's still a travel but I think sometimes people think the travel is big European or big cruises or it's not all that. It could be family travel. Maybe it's family to visit your kids or grandkids right. or other family members that are in the state. Um, travel can be day trips. I mean, right. I guess it, it, the definition when you start asking people, well, it may not be the big bucket list trips, but it may be some travel. Well, I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you build your travel budget in your retirement plan? And and we always say, you know, don't ask your neighbor what their travel budget no. is. No, and we spend a lot of time with our clients trying to get price tags and time frame, really trying to figure out what they want to accomplish. Because once you have a good handle on what spending they can do, then you come back and design the plan around that and what and really, and also we spend time on 
what growth rate do you need to do all the spending that you want? We don't do investments. Um, in fact, most of our clients either do their own investments or work with an existing investment advisor, which we try to work with and coordinate. Um, we believe that coordination of advisors is important and come back and saying, okay, the plan needs this growth rate to work. Now, how do we match the investments to match what the what we're modeling in? And the estate planning team offers a free consultation. Remember, we're accredited members of the Better Business Bureau, A-rated. We're also won Super Service Award many years on Angie's List. You can go to Angie'sList.com, which is free now, membership, but see what people have said about us. And we offer the free consultation for you to sit down with us, see if and how you may be able to benefit. We can do free consultations by phone as well. And you can call the estate planning team at 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over thirty-four years, and we do it one plan, one family at a time. And today. Maybe we'll talk a little about, you know, what does that mean, building a financial plan, right? Because that's a loosely thrown around term. And a lot of times we talk about the the five potential professional. If you're looking to hire a professional to help you build whatever you want to call it. Right. Area. We used to call it an estate plan, you know, a retirement plan, a pre-retirement plan. Mm-hmm. If you're still trying to figure out when you can retire right. or, or just a financial plan, you know, a formal written financial plan. Whatever you call it, there's you know there's a lot of of the advisors out there and and but a lot of times they they may be really in their own vacuum in what they particularly like to do and that's what we'll talk a little bit about today. But, okay, uh, good. What else is going? On? So I'm glad you're saying you're wearing your new CAG hat, Carrie. You know, um, you know, in, yeah, in I, honor I, of President Trump's um, re-election bid. So you know, remember the MAGNA hats right. the last time. So you've heard about the CAG? No, hat. I have not yet. Oh, you you know okay. his new slogan. Okay. So it's not going to go with make America great again. It's keep. It's keep America great. So okay. The, so the CAG hats are out there. Okay. You get you. Know, I've seen the MAGA hats now right. that had a little tag under it that said, it's okay, it's just a hat, like underneath <laughs> of it. Yeah. yeah. So so see, you know, so if you see a CAG hat out there, you know. Now the, I know the, what that is. Yeah, did you right. see he raised uh, over almost $25 million in 24 hours? How much did he raise? Almost $25 million in 24 hours. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, he's got a big jump start on, mm-hmm. on uh, this year's uh, re-election. Um, good for him. All right. Um, all right. So what else? Having a busy, busy financial week. We had, you know, uh, well, first, you know, that was Donald Trump. That was earlier in the week. And also earlier in the week, we had, you know, the... Um, you know, the ECB Draghi come out and say that he's going to continue quantitative easing in, in your opinion, that threw the markets in mm-hmm. a turmoil because it's like, well, he's not, you know, they're not letting up on their quantitative easing. They're not following, right. you know, USA's lead. Right. Then you had our own Federal uh, Reserve, Chair, you know, Powell come out right. and say, um, even though he's did not cut rates, you know, a lot of people were thinking he would cut rates. He didn't, but he certainly gave a dovish tone and set the stage that he basically said, we will cut rates next. Right. Um, probably as soon as July. So that also, you know, moved markets. 
um, because now it, he's it, the 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 180 is complete now. You know, from the idea of that we're going to continue raising rates to the idea that um, you know maybe we're not going to raise anymore to maybe now we're going to start cutting. Right. So so one of his quotes, uh, you know, Jerome Powell was uh, here. We go, Carrie. You know, see if you help me understand this. Right. Okay. Sometimes these guys are smart, right? These, right. But and I don't know. Okay. Risk to baseline scenario have clearly risen, but it's important that monetary policy not overreact. We take cross currents as a given. Okay. What's he? Does anyone know what he's talking about? I mean, is, it, is he saying it's different this time? Yeah, maybe. Or saying, saying that it, we're not going to make quick or, judgment, that maybe, we're just going to continue yeah. to watch things. Or maybe it's transitory. Remember the term he used last time he spoke? Maybe. And then, so maybe I don't we're know. just going to watch full waiting, right. I guess, is a nice way to They're say that. They're smart guys. Um, so we'll see. You know, have they figured it out? Has, are the Fed that smart that they've figured out how to, you know, control monetary policy to the point that we can say or not least worry about, you know, recessions anymore. I you don't know what? Look. That would be terrific. It sure would. If they did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, especially, you know, well, if the rest of the world could follow their lead. Um, okay. So, you know, we, we had that. So, in, in, so of course, you saw the, the stock market roller coaster continue, you know, right in time for, you know, vacation season. That's mm-hmm. another thing. They say, you know, amusement park, you know, injuries are up so high, you know. And, yeah. And, you know, so you're not going on vacation here. I'm, I'm going to have a... I'm going to have a, a hold a meeting here. The state right. planning team. You are not allowed to go on vacation, Carrie. No, um, that's no um, fun. Um, all it's right. good to get away. Um, so what else? You know, summer solstice, right? Who knew? Summer's yeah. here. It's, it's, it hasn't been a wonderful pre-summer. Um, oh, I know. It doesn't even feel like summer got like we didn't even have that good of a spring. No, we had no, glimmers of hope, right? So you know, summer solstice, longest day of the year, right? Um, some people, you know, St. John's Eve, you know, some people call it. Or, okay. You know, the Wicca call it Letha, right? You know, oh, I uh, didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard of St. John's Eve, though, right? No, I have not. No, I know you're St. No. John's Eve. So that's, that goes back to, like, the, the voodoo day. Remember the voodoo? You know, voodoo was the biggest in this country in the, in the 1850s. That was, like, in its heyday. Okay. okay? Um, New Orleans, right? I was going to say, I was going to say Louisiana is when I, where I think of it. Right. Um, and, of course, the voodoo queen was Marie Laveau, right? Okay. And, and um you know, so and and so, um, you know, I'm I'm into my summer reading. You know, I think in July I'm going to do summer reading list. You know, but okay. but not nonfiction, but fun nonfiction. Okay. Right? Um, so this is uh, I had to pull this off my. I always pull this off on the summer solstice, right? So this was a book written by Robert Talent, um, and you know it was called Voodoo in New Orleans. It was copyright 1946. So he okay. he actually had eyewitness accounts of the voodoo celebrations. Huh, okay. that'd be interesting. Um, well, you want to hear a little excerpt from Absolutely. the... Absolutely. Um, okay. Although the St. John's Eve gatherings near the lake in Bayou St. John became, under Marie's direction, a little like shows, staged for the benefit of the curious whites, particularly the police and the newspaper reporters, that they were by no means anemic affairs. Indeed, the visitors were usually shocked at what took place. The snake in the box was always present, so, you know... She had her snake, right? Okay. You know what she named her snake, by the way? No. Zombie. Isn't that? So 1850, she named her snake Zombie. Oh, okay. Okay. So, you know, the zombie kind of took on a, <laughs> right. its own meaning, right? 1850, she's naming her snake Zombie, right? All right. Um, so the snake in the box was always present. The great cauldron steamed upon the roaring bonfire, and the voodoos, the men stripped to loincloths, the women clad in loose one-piece garments known as Mother Hubbards, 
and imbibe quantities of tafia, a crude alcoholic drink distilled from molasses. Intoxicated with both the rum and the, fan, uh, the fanaticism of snake worship, they would form a ring and begin their traditional dances at a signal from their queen, who sometimes stood upon the box containing the snake, sometimes occupied a thorn-like chair in the middle of the circle. Hmm, kind of sound like Game of Thrones, maybe? Um, you know, and, and you see, and so the, as the music grew wilder and the effects of the tafta became intensified, the dancers were overcome with spasmatic jerking and trembling. Some would whirl in circles until they fell to the ground unconscious. Others, with wild screams of frenzy, would run out into the water. The white visitors would usually start departing at that point as the show reached its climax. Hmm. So that was really happening. So maybe that was whatever drink they were drinking. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, so Marie Laveau, you know, and remember her character was re- kind of recreated in American Horror Story a few years ago. I remember Angeline Bassett played her. I don't know. If you I don't know. watch okay, that. That's yeah. scary stuff. Um, yeah. So anyway, so what else? Is going on? So we're, we're talking a little bit so happy summer solstice to everybody happy right? yeah um I, apparently you didn't change you know go to any sabbats or anything last no time. no okay uh, all right um so yeah americans are forgoing vacation days carrie hmm uh, why is that well what do you think the number one reason is well here, here I was let's say get some fun stats money yeah obviously okay one in four <laughs> americans have already decided to forgo a summer vacation this year and 22 percent remain undecided according to a new survey Okay, by bank rate, uh, 2,600 adults. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, the biggest reason some are opting Financial. to skip the, Yeah, they can't afford it. A full 60% of the respondents who say they're not taking a vacation point to that as a reason. Okay. Uh, almost half, you know, 40% of those say day-to-day bills are the biggest hurdle. Um, okay. Um, let's see. When broken down by generation... Millennials, you know, um, and Gen X are the most likely to take a vacation. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, there's about 50%, you know, percent saying that they've already got their plans set. Um, but, you know, so what is America doing with all those vacation days, Carrie? Um, working, accumulating. Forfeiting them, right? I was going to say. Okay. Um, only, um, right, um... Right. They said that basically Americans only use about 54% of their eligible vacation days. Right. Okay. Um, well, because then there's the, depending on your job. Right. That even if you go away, there's the stress of, I'm going to have that much more work to do when I come back. And I've heard that from clients. And I know, like, so it's trying to anticipate uh, maybe it's not worth it. Right. So 23% of employees take, only 23% take all of their time off. Only 23%, mm-hmm. under one quarter, take the full time. 10% take no time off. Okay. Um, Americans forfeit about 200 million vacation days at an annual cost of $62 billion. Um, so that's all, you know, extra, you know, business. That's mm-hmm. productivity of USA, right? Um, so there you go. So, yeah. So no vacations anymore, Carrie. You know, they're, first of all, they're too expensive. They're too dangerous. And, they work, and too no, much work's got to get done. but you can be frugal. Do you know how many deals there are out there, or airline deals now? And it just takes... It, well, that's why, I mean, planning takes effort. Well, they say there's that always a statistic. People spend more time planning their vacation than they plan their whole financial life. Right. Plan their retirement. 
Yeah, and 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 that's a good point that you know because you know it works. Planning works. You, right. it, the people who do take that much plant time planning their vacation know they have a better vacation in the end than if they didn't plan for right. it. Right. It's the same with financial planning. Right. Well, can you imagine a wedding if you really just kind of threw it together versus right. last minute versus planning it? Yeah. So we know having formal written plans um, work, right? And and if and it, it, you know, some people say, "Oh, it's easy to build a financial plan," right? Well, it's it's easy if you've done it a thousand times, perhaps, mm-hmm. right? But if you've never done one before, I, I'm not sure sure how easy it is, right? You know, uh, and even sometimes when people say, "Oh, my case is simple," there's a lot of times they're missing opportunities that they're not even aware of. And I also want to remind and thank people for came out to our class. This week, our retirement planning one, and we're going to do all of our next classes will be scheduled this fall. So keep checking the website, financialfoodforthought.com. You can also go to the website and go to podcast and you'll get a link right to WHK radio for our previous shows. But thanks for coming out. We had a good group of people. The sun was shining, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, we got such a nice evening. I was worried. People were, yeah, trying to get their lawn cut yeah, in between the rainstorm. Yard, or just be outside to enjoy that. Right. Um, and, you know, and one of the things we talked about at the class and, we, and, and we, is the different types of professionals that may help you build a financial plan, you know, mm-hmm. or a, an estate plan or a retirement plan, whatever you want to call it. And it usually comes down to about five professionals, Carrie, mm-hmm. right? Um, one would be your attorney, right? Or, right. You know, that's somebody who's going to prepare your legal documents. Again, that's not what we do at the estate planning team. We're not attorneys. We don't prepare legal documents. Now, that's an important cornerstone of any plan, right? But it's it's not and by, by itself. I don't consider that a financial plan. You know, you know, having, you know, your legal documents updated and, and, and on the shelf ready to go doesn't really tell you how much you can spend in retirement. Right. Right. Um, okay. Then we could talk about the professional tax, um, per, you know, uh, uh, preparer, right? Whether it be a CPA or enrolled agent or, you know, some along those lines who's helping you, you know, with the compliance, preparing tax returns. That's an important part, right? Especially in a very complicated tax code, right? And and you're always, you know, should be looking out for opportunities in that complicated mm-hmm. tax code and, and keeping an ear out for, you know, congressional changes that, and right. you, you're going to hear a lot of talk about that going into election year, you know, the, the potentials. We already, we, we, you know, we've been talking about this show. Um, if you want to go back and listen to the prior podcast about, you know, the, the, the secure bill that passed in the House and the corresponding RESA bill that's waiting to be passed in the Senate that's going to change retirement planning rules. Um, and, you know, you can go back and listen to one of those shows if you missed that. Um, now, that's not law yet, but it's a pretty right. good indication. And, I, and it's not a magic fix either. Um, well, yeah, but it, it <laughs> now it's not going to affect everyone, but it may affect you, right? right. That's that's why you have to be, keep an ear out. And if in our future, you know, we're like you said, we're, we did our last summer school class this last week. So now we'll take a break and then start the classes up in the fall. And if we and obviously if we do have um, a bill pass in both houses. Right. We're going to uh, be talking we'll about it. We'll certainly be talking about it. So I wanted to remind fun. people, even though we don't have classes, you're still welcome to take advantage of the free consultation. I know Mark's going to go through the different advisors, but what we bring to the table enhances what or is very different when what other advisors do. And we provide people objective and biased analysis, whether you need a comprehensive plan or you need specific analysis done. We have hourly and retainer options, and we only recommend our services if you're someone who can benefit from the type of planning we offer and you can call the estate planning team 
at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com and any email um, gets sent directly directly to me and we will get back to you on Monday. All right. So we're going through the five professional advisors who you may hire if you want professional help to build your retirement plan or financial plan. Um, so we already talked about the attorney and the tax preparer. The next would be the investment advisor. And that's what you were mentioning at the beginning of the show, Carrie. You know, we are not investment advisors. We we don't manage assets for our clients. We don't, we're not here to tell you what stocks to buy or bonds or mutual funds or ETFs. That's not what we do, right? Um, now, we work very closely with our clients' investment advisors um, in a coordinated effort. Um, and, and you can also say that, Carrie, a lot of the investment advisors will also say that they're financial planners, right? That's very right. common. Oh, absolutely. Um, some and and you know and the question is, well, th- there may be a difference between maybe an investment plan and a financial plan, and maybe I'll talk a little bit about that today, right? You know, mm-hmm. what do we see as sometimes the difference between when the investment advisor is talking about building a financial plan versus what we do at the estate planning team, right? But a fourth group category of professionals could be from the insurance professionals, right? Mm-hmm. And today that could mean health, health insurance, which is a very big issue for if you're going, if, if you're going in or you're planning on going to retirement and especially if you're planning on retire before age 65, Medicare eligibility, you know, you better build in a budget for future health insurance right. premiums. And, and if you haven't done that yet, um, you know, you maybe you ought to get that built in first before you start building in the Hawaii trips, right? Um, now, and it could also mean, um, besides health insurance, it could mean life insurance, could be long-term care insurance, it could be annuities. You right. know, a lot of the, you know, the annuities are sold by life insurance companies and sold by life insurance uh, licensed individuals, right? So that's a big group out there, and, and, and there's some overlap there. A lot of those types of advisors also say they will build you a financial plan, right? Um and then, of course, the fifth group, which we consider ourselves at the estate planning team, is the traditional financial planner, meaning basically we build models. We build, you know, fi- written formal financial plans modeling out, you know, based on the, you know, your latest and greatest goals and objectives, you know, by, by going through and making conservative, realistic assumptions to build this model. And the idea is that it's an ongoing process, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not the idea that you you build the, the financial plan once and put it into a sock drawer for 30 years, which we've seen over the decades. That's what a lot of people did. Right. Yeah. That's why we have a huge clients have been with us. We've been around over 34 years. We have clients that have been maintenance for years. They may come in right. twice a year. They may come in once a year. We have some people that end up coming in every other year because of circumstance. But it's constantly keeping in touch especially when things change. Right. And, the- yeah. And, and that's the point. You know, we understand all models are wrong, mm-hmm. but some are very useful. And, you know, Mark, I know it's the big plan, but we also help people with that objective analysis so they feel more comfortable and it's easier to make, whether it's the pension analysis and trying to income replacement needs. Social Security election. Right. And it's taking all those pieces and parts of decisions, you know, Roth conversion analysis, taking money, you know, we talk about it at the class that we did earlier this month and we're going to do in the fall, the IRA distributions. Do you want to max out? We have favorable tax rates. Do you think tax rates are going to go up in the future? If you do, you might want to take a look at those and maybe get some of those tax deferred assets out at the more favorable rate. Do you understand 
what your effective tax rate might be in the future. Roth, you know, Roth contributions versus conversion and all that analysis. Right. You know, it's not a yes or no. It's usually how much over what time frame. And I think, Carrie, so that gives the, the listener a little idea between just an investment plan versus a financial right. plan, right? Um, now, let's go down that path a little bit further. All right. So sometimes, like from the investment plan, you know, maybe you're going to go through a like risk is a big issue these days, mm-hmm. right? It's always been a big issue. Certainly, was a major downfall for a lot of people who retired during the lost decade, right? Right. Um, some of them had end up going back to work, um, right? Um, now, so you know, so and from the investment world, sometimes you'll get a risk tolerance questionnaire. Maybe you know that they'll, they'll, they'll maybe go through. 10, 15 questions, and somehow by the way you answer that question, it gives you a number about, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how risk adverse you are, right? right? Um, and that's typically from an investment side, but from a financial planning side, so we, we, not, we, we don't start with the risk tolerance questionnaire all, all the time. Right. A lot of times what we try to figure out is how much risk do you need to be okay Mm-hmm. So we turn it upside down. We say, well, why don't we first build a financial plan based on what your goals and objectives is? Mm-hmm. That could be if you haven't retired yet, when you retire. That could be you know making the right pension elections, the right Social Security income elections. That could be is mostly about building in a price tag for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you and you know we talk about the expense pyramid. You know, not just daily living expenses, but everything. You know, future automobiles, health insurance, discretionary spending, gifting, you know, home improvements, you know, all the things that we're putting price tags and time frames on. Right. And so the idea is, you know, before and because the model is just a, a working tool to help you get in decision making mode. So you want to know, hey, I'm in a ba- am I in the ballpark? In other words, if I retire at this date or if let's say I just retired and can I you know, now I put a price tag on what it's going to cost me for the lifestyle I want to have in retirement. Right. Now, can't we come back and say, by the way, what would my investment nest egg have to be earning to make that possible? Hmm. Okay. Now, that is just helping you decide, you know, perhaps how much risk you need to take to, to be okay, right? Because what we have found over the decades, Carrie, is sometimes our, you know, clients are take a lot more risk than what they need to be okay. If I can do all the spending, I can dream up, whether it's travel, paying people to do things around the house, gifting, or whatever that may be, and I don't need to take on the risk, why would I? It makes no sense. Right. And what do we mean by that? See, what the financial model would do, it'd say, okay, you know, Mr. and Ms. Smith, if you, you know, let's, you, you tell us what your peace of mind is, how long you want your plan lasting. I'm just going to say 25 years. Okay. So if you want, and maybe you're in the camp that you want to spend the last dollar in the last day, right? So you want your investment nest egg to run down to zero in the 25th year, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, so what we can do is say, all right, well, we can now back into that number and say, okay, based on the expenses and the other income that you have, whether it be pensions or Social Security, the idea is we can calculate what percentage your investments would have to be earning to make that happen. Right. Okay. Um, Now, so during the lost decade, when people were, were coming into us panicked because, of, you know, the of the drops, you know, the two major drops, one in 2000 and again in 2008, 
what we saw was that, you know, had, you know, they only, you know, had we run the plan in the beginning, we could have showed them that they only need at about a four or 5% rate of return to be okay. But yet they were taking on, they were, they were, their portfolios, they were north of 80% in the stock market, mm. you know, because of the good years, right? right because of the rational gonna, exuberance. But that's going to hurt. Right. And so that's the idea saying, well, you know, maybe they pass that risk tolerance because they say I'm OK with that much a risk. But in reality, they didn't need that much risk to be OK. And then, of course, they were, you know, second guessing that taking on that much risk when you saw the 50 percent drops in the S&P 500. Right. So it's that disconnect. You know, it's saying, well, yeah, fine. Answer your investment advisor's seven uh, questions about risk tolerance. But also maybe why don't you build your own financial plan just for fun and say, well, by the way, what would I have to be earning to be okay? Mm-hmm. Now, let's say that plan comes back and says, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you're going to need an 8% rate of return on your investments to be okay. Well, guess what we're going to tell you next? You might have a lot of sleepless nights if you want to base a plan on that. Right. You're going to, have to take on a lot of risk. So maybe that point you say, okay, well, I could, I'm not going to take on that much risk. So therefore, I've got to change my plan. Either work longer or what do I have? But having a plan, we can say this is the percentage. Maybe you have to cut discretionary spending to make it last. It could be 10 percent right. across the board, 20. But at least, you know, well, this is actions to action steps that I need to take right. based on informa- good information, not just emotional decisions. And so a lot of times those are the DIY articles out there that you see. You know, I call them the DIYI, you know, the do it yourself Internet. Right. Right. Oh, that's a good uh, one. And where where they say that. um Okay, the, the what's a, what's what are the basic um, recommendations for baby boomers? Work longer, spend less. I know there is <laughs> articles, and then there's like leads because I follow like different retirement articles on my phone. There's a one every week. Right. They'll say, "Oh, this is how to save your retirement." Right, save more, work longer, spend less, save more. But you know, what, <laughs> but but a real financial planner, what we do is quantify that and say how. Yeah, how much longer in terms of years do you have to work, or how much discretionary spending do you have to be cut? Like you were saying, is it three percent? Is it five percent? Or you, you know, know, even for some people, which we've talked about on previous shows, so go to the podcast. Is if people are tired of working their current job, maybe they've done it 25, 30 years and they don't mind working. They just don't want to work as much. So having a good plan will say, okay, well, then you could work part time earning 25, 30,000 for X amount of years to make it okay. Right. The encore career. Right. right we talk about all the time. I think in uh, one of the months, we, um, you know, every right. month in the state planning team on this show, we highlight a certain topic. Um, I think that was back in February. I okay. think we did. So those should still be out there in podcasts. So, you know, the, our, we did a whole month on encore careers. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay. So comparing an investment plan to a financial plan, right? Well, sometimes from the the investment plan, you, you'll hear, oh, it's easy to build a financial a plan. And, you know, and they talk about, I could do it for you in 10 minutes or, you know, the 10, million re, 10 minute <laughs> retirement plan, right? And what do they mean by that? Well, basically, when, you, when it all comes down to it, they're doing some version of the 4% rule, right? Okay. Now, I was going to say work forever. No, they're doing a version <laughs> of the 4% rule that just says, you know, at any point in time, you could quickly say how much is, you know, in, you know, um, you know, you know how how much is in your nest egg? 
and then using Benjen's 4% rule saying, okay, if you've got a 30-year time frame, and that's what Benjen used, and you're assuming a 5% rate of return and about 3.5% on inflation, you could take about 4% out of your nest egg right. in year one and then increase that every year by the 3.5% mm-hmm. inflation. And by following that, you know, your nest egg right. would be approaching zero at the end of 30 Which years. Which is a simplification because then I know we're talking about the once plan scenario, but life happens. There's market corrections. There's loss of a spouse. There's loss of a job. There's a nursing home stay. There's lots of things that happen in life that that's really right. well, hurt now, your financial right. life. That's what the difference between a financial plan that that models these different scenarios, which right. makes it no longer 10 minutes. Right. Right. Um, because 10 minutes is just a down and dirty one that says, OK, basically, this is what the 4% says. This is what you could draw with year one. Then we'll add in any pensions you have or any Social Security income you're going to have in retirement. That's the total amount you get to spend. And so just fit your spending into that thing. So if, the, if that analysis says you can spend 60, 70, 80 thousand dollars a year, then that's your plan. Hmm. So now you're forcing your lifestyle into that mathematical model. But financial planners, we don't really do it that way. That may be something we do in the first five minutes of the planning just to get an idea of you're in the ballpark. But when you're really building a financial plan, because the expenses don't always work evenly throughout the whole retirement years. I mean, you know, you know, we'll talk a little about building a travel budget today. Right. right? And travel, you might not, you know, even though you you want the financial, you know, you want the peace of mind that you're building in for longevity and say, Mark, yeah, I'm going to be the unlucky one that goes past age 90. Right. So I better not run out of money before age 90. Right. But that doesn't mean that same person who's saying that thinks they're going to be traveling to age 90. Did you you forget to build in, hey, maybe at some point I'm going to need a new car. And that's whether buy use, new, lease. I mean, there's so many variables that those articles oversimplify things. Right. And and so the 10-minute retirement plan is a very simplified. It's not really going to leave you in a lot of decision-making modes. Um, especially, and it's not really a tool unless you plan on updating that every year, which most say, people is don't. Gonna, is it going to tell you how to create the income you need uh, as tax efficiently as possible? No. Going just, over the threshold? All it is is saying how much you think you could be spending. All right. So detailed cash flows is something more on a financial planner is going to do as opposed to the investment plan, right? Um, you know, sometimes the investment plan will talk about, you know, again, recommendations like, well, max out your 401k. Okay. All right. Or, um, you know, never take out more than your required minimum distribution. Oh, that's a bad one. Okay. That is a terrible um, one. You know, and then and, you know, and those are, you know, very common from the investment world. Right. You know that. But I mean, not or everybody take the lump sum. Yeah, but not every <laughs> right. Take the lump sum and roll it to an IRA. Right. I wonder why. Right. Um, you know, so it, it's it's you know, those are. The, but a financial planner is going to say, well, Maybe you don't follow that. You know, you know, maybe you know, maybe you can't afford to put, uh, you know, max out the four hundred one k, or maybe you already got too much in in qualified plans. You're going to get trapped by the required minimum distribution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you ought to be looking at other investment alternatives. You know, and then let's get back to the investment advisor. Um, so a lot of times, too, I think you know the investment world works in a vacuum. Okay, Um, and you know, remember we mentioned the five professionals, right? Mm -hmm. Legal, tax, investment, insurance, and financial planner, right? Well, sometimes I think you know the investment world kind of works in their own vacuum. You know, I guess just ask yourself: you're working with an investment advisor. Well, how often, for example, is he asking you for complete copies of your federal and Ohio income tax returns? 
how often is he checking in on with you on on you know you know making uh, are you making your quarterly tax estimates or are you or do you have to make uh, withholding changes at work um, you know or you know and, and how often is he even you know setting up you know joint meetings with you him and your CPA. Okay, um, it, you know, and now sometimes the CPA is the investment advisor, and so that's right. you know, the same person or the same firm. But a lot of times it's not. So how often is your investment advisor talking to you about, hey, it's time we have a meeting with your attorney, or it's time we have a meeting with your CPA to talk about tax law changes, or it's time to have a meeting with your insurance agent to talk about income replacement needs or long-term care insurance or something like that. If that's not happening, maybe you get a little idea of what I'm talking about. Right. You know, they tend to work in their own vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And that vacuum tends to be all, you know, uh, built around managing your investments. Right. Okay. By the way, you know, a lot of people, they say, well, you know, you know, well, sometimes I get the you know question is, well, Mark, my guy says he'll build me a financial plan. I said, well, well, yeah, but will he build you a financial plan if you don't have any assets under management with him? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right. Um, you know, that's maybe the difference. So, so at the estate planning team, being financial planners, we're big on coordination of advisors. Oh, yeah. We think it's great when you have other people coming together for your benefit and your plan. Um, and so we, we're very progressive. And a lot of times we are calling the client saying it's time to have a meeting with your attorney. It's time to have right. a meeting with your investment advisor. It's, yeah, we haven't had those legal documents, too. We may bring up, hey, you haven't had these reviewed. Right. You know, guess what? Some of the people you might have named as your backup for your power of attorney or your executive, like beyond the spouse, they're not, or they passed away. Like, you need to have these right. things checked, you know. So a lot of times when we start bringing that up and our clients realize that we're we're promoting and getting these meetings scheduled and they see the results, they're like, Gosh, I, I didn't even know what questions I needed to be asking my other advisors. You know, and that's true, too, with investment. Like, people have done investments on their own and then trying to go out and interview or, we, you know, we work, um, we refer people to investment advisors that we work around the clue and then we'll go with them to the meeting. So, you know, it, it's just the idea that maybe that gives you a little idea, you know, of the difference between investment planning and financial planning. Right, and if you want to take advantage of our free consultation that the estate planning team offers. Uh, Our home office in Middleburg Heights, we have offices around the greater Cleveland area, but also can do free consultations by phone. You can call the estate planning team, leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday, or you can email us through the website, um, and you'll always get a reply. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090, or visit financial foodforthought.com. Remember, you can go to the Better Business Bureau and Angie's List to get some reviews on us if you want to do some due diligence. All right. So we're going to talk a little about how do you build a travel budget in retirement? And it's interesting because, as I said, that's almost a universal goal, right? Where where mm-hmm. um, A lot of people. You know, for a lot of people say, well, one of my goals in retirement is I want to travel more. Mm-hmm. But the solution there isn't the same for every. Not even close. Um, let me. I always tell this story. I told this story to class. I it's one of my, you know, ones I've told probably on the show before. But giving a quick example of that, two, two, two clients. Um, one was a couple. Well, they're both couples, but the one couple 
Um, that was their goal. That was the, their response to our goals and objectives questionnaire. So we have formal. When, when our clients' the plan is done, there are formal goals and objectives. They are formalized by written out. They are clarified with price tags and time frames, mm-hmm. and they are prioritized. Right. Okay. And now, um, so the, the the initial answer they put down to that is, I you know travel more in retirement. Right. And then no other price tags or time frame. So hmm. you know we said, well, we need a little bit more than that. So what do you mean by that? And the couple said, well, Mark, we're wondering if it's possible that we could have enough money that we could spend one additional weekend a summer in Amish town. Okay. All right. I said, yeah, Mr. Smith, I think we can budget that in. Right. Okay. Um, Now, another client, a couple, same response, travel more. Okay. OK, so we said to that couple, you know, you know, we need a little bit more than that. So tell me what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. So if these two couples are in the same room, they would think they had the same goal. Well, they wrote the same answer. They wrote travel the same more answer, is... travel more in retirement. OK, that's why you have to drill a little bit deeper. Right. Um, that's why mm-hmm. sometimes the robots will forget to ask you these questions. Right. right? Um, now, so they said, well, his idea, the, the husband's right. He was a football fan. Okay. But I'm not talking about American football. Okay. I'm talking about European football. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Here, soccer. Right? Soccer, right. So he had his favorite English soccer team. Okay. Okay. So what he wanted to do was he wanted to buy season tickets. I don't even know how long the Engl- the soccer, the European soccer season is. Right. I have no idea uh, either. But he, was, he wanted to buy season tickets, travel to all around Europe, to all the different venues, that his team was playing and stay in bread and breakfasts the whole way. That's dream big. Why not? Same goal that these two couples <laughs> had. Is it the same solution? Um, price tag a little different? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I love that example. But yeah, people, when you get in detail, some people will spend $500 and some people will spend 25000 every year. I mean, it, it's variable what's important to you. Right. So, it, you know, so one of the things too is, so if you're doing this at home, how do you build a travel? Well, first of all, we break down travel into different categories because having doing this for decades and building thousands of financial plans, we realize that travel falls into a one, to about five or six types of categories. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first we could talk about, and so just think of a spreadsheet because I know spreadsheets work so well on the radio carrier. Right. Right? That's why I love to do them. But think of a spreadsheet where every column is a different category. Okay. Okay. So you have column A, B, C, D, E going across, and then down is your years. You okay. Know, this year, next year, all the way out to you know however you, how long you want to build your retirement plan, right? Or how long you want to build your travel to, right? So you know, so then we could talk about if you're still working, maybe your basic travel while working. Because you may still be vacationing at that point, right? Okay. Okay. But really, then the next thing would be basic travel in retirement. Right. Because that's what a lot of people we see, we wanted to see a jump, right? Now they you have see a jump. time to travel. Right. And and that's what you worked your whole life for, right? Um, okay. So you got basic travel. That means what you're going to do normally every year. Right. Okay. So basic travel while you're working, basic travel in retirement, right? And then how long into retirement? To age 80? 85? Do I hear 90? Okay. It's, you know, it's up to you. But, you know, most of our clients in the end want to know, hey, Mark, I really think those first 10 to 15 years in retirement is my main travel. Right. So I want to build it in then, but I still need enough money so that if I live past 90, I don't run out. Right. 
Okay. So then we could talk about other types of travel. You mentioned one early, family travel. That's where you're obligated to travel for family See, right. purposes. I was thinking where that's an example of me where I don't necessarily have a travel budget, but my son's out of state in college and we visit him, That, that but there's a cost. He's eight hours away. There's hotel. We go down there for multiple times, a, you know, so... That's really not what I think of as vacation, or but it's still a travel budget. Right. It's a realistic assumption that happens that I can count on. Right. But there's mission trips. Sometimes people are church. Right. Well, let's keep going. Okay. okay. So family travel, uh, that's right. another category. Um, let's talk about bucket lists. Okay. Okay. So those are ones you're not going to do every year, but maybe you have a few of those on your list. Somewhere so, I always wanted to go to Italy. I want, always wanted to go on a cruise. Right. The Alaskan maybe cruise. Maybe we're going to do something as an anniversary or a big... Well, I'll even call that... Well, let, okay. Uh, let's put that in special occasion. Okay. Because so, I was going to say a, those are bucket lists. Yeah, list. like a special anniversary. A 25th, a 35th, mm-hmm. a 40th. Do I hear 50th? You know, um, so it's not unusual that there's a major trip plan uh, for like a special anniversary. So now you're getting the idea. You've got your basic travel while working, another basic travel in retirement. Then you've got your family travel if that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your bucket list. Then you've got your special occasion. Another one is maybe the winter getaway. You know, that's the client that says, you know, I, I'm going to stay in this town, but gosh, I got need, I need to get out of here in the winters. But it could be two weeks. It could be three months. Right. And so, you know, and, I'm, and I might not do that even until I'm 80, but I want to do that at least until I'm 75. Right. Okay. So, you know, and, and so that's the idea. We, you know, so that's another category that you want to build in. And so, you know, and then you mentioned missions. That's another one of our clients have, uh, you mm-hmm. know, where they, they want to do some missions and that's travel. That's a travel expense. So you, 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 the idea is you build this category now you've got some detail behind this so really what is your goal and objective for travel and then now what we're doing is we're building it into the model and what you think you'd like to do and then let's see and then by the way each one of those categories can be independently changed you can change the time frame you can change the dollar amount you can add different inflation rates if you want now you're getting enough empirical data that's saying if i do this and looking out does that fit into my whole plan and if my whole plan starts getting too rich i i don't have to start all over again i may just reduce maybe i want to reduce my um winter getaways or maybe I want to, I right. got to cut one bucket list out or maybe the other way saying that I, I, I didn't think I could do more than two bucket lists. So maybe you can afford to do more, you know, and maybe, right. you, maybe you can afford to do more. Maybe um, I wasn't yeah. thinking about it because I didn't know, I didn't think I could even afford it. So it's nice when you start putting price tags up front, you, you think about what's possible. Um, and I guess that's the exciting part. Um, that we do with the estate planning team. I know, Mark, remember we had that one couple, She, um, our client actually, that went to Florida, winter getaways, and the winter, winter getaway turned into second home. Well, we'll talk about... And then the yeah. second home turned into move <laughs> permanent uh, resident. Yeah, and get a, get a little high saying, that. We'll talk about I, that maybe but, next week. But in general, it's exciting when people start thinking about what's possible and knowing that they're going to be okay. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation or for more information at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So, let's get in the vacation mood here. I like this song. This is the Beach Boys. I haven't heard this song in a long time. Really? Oh, here. Crank it up, sound engineer extraordinary. Right. Now, this uh, this song does make me want to go on vacation. Yeah. A little Even cocktail, the music. Umbrella. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, if you are going to go on vacation, Carrie, okay, um, don't get in an argument with your husband. 
Okay. I don't know. I think family arguments are part of a case. Usually it's the kids <laughs> or somebody. So what is the number one reason you think that people argue with their spouses on vacation? Hmm. The activities or price or, I mean, maybe the activities. I don't know. Oh, you're not going down the right path. Yet, yeah, right? that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking. You know what the answer is? What? The spouse is working on vacation. Oh. Okay. Okay. So I always um, check emails. So fifty-four percent. I'll go ahead, Carrie. I, I always said I'm guilty. I always check emails. I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. You know when I'm gone. You hear from me when I'm gone. Yeah. No. I I I, I email. All right. Fifty-four percent of the respondents in a recent survey by consulting firm Corn Ferry said that they've gotten into an argument with a spouse or significant other about working too much during vacation. Which I think that's where technology has that double-edged for. It's great and convenient, but it's hard to step away from. Yeah, I mean, I'm always working. I mean, right. because of the internet and because and the technology. of... technology. Yeah, of course. I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, but that's what... See, to me, that's the benefit of technology. That you can, that maybe you can take a vacation and still, you know... But sometimes but, you really, I think, need to unplug and enjoy, be in the moment. And I think it's hard to do. Okay, the survey, which polled 1,070 people, found that nearly half of the respondents, 45%, checked in with their office multiple times a day while mm-hmm. on vacation. Um, I don't always call, but I've emailed. Of all those surveyed, not one person said they totally disconnected from work during vacation. Okay. So, um, you know, vacation is supposed to relieve stress. That's what you were saying. Right. right? But the number one reason people said they were checking in was putting out fires at the office. Okay, followed by worries about increased workloads upon returning exactly. to work, um, as well as uh, is because they, you know, 19% said it's because they enjoyed working. Now, mm-hmm. that's probably what I'm going right. to say. Um, well, I think so, too. And if it's something that I can all afford an email and so somebody doesn't have to wait, it makes me feel better. Now, millennials have their own problem. With vacations, Carrie, because oh, so the millennials. Remember, I'd like to know what that is. Well, they haven't gotten married yet, right? Right. So there's a big dilemma about millennials out there that you know that they, they want to you know go on vacation with their boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Okay, that's common. But they're not married. Okay. okay? So how do they split the cost? Fifty-fifty. It's not that simple, Carrie, for the it millennials. Should be that- Two people, one trip, divided by two. Believe me, it's not that See, simple. See, that's because all that funny math they're adding in has confused people. Well, no, it's just because they're saying, because the millennials, they complain. They're saying, well, it, 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 the one who chose the location should pay more. Oh, my gosh. So then don't go. To me, if it's not 50-50, okay, then um, don't go. You know, and, and, you know, and what if they have what one, if they're leaving from separate locations? Okay, they're not flying out together because well, millennials work in different airf- cities. Oh, and what if one has to pay more because they're flying from a longer spot than the <laughs> like, other one? They're overthinking it, clearly, think, because really? uh, if that's your biggest worry, when some people can't even afford to go on vacation, wow. feel, they should feel blessed. You know, the inequality in, in the vacation <laughs> care, it's a big problem. Get us out of here. All right, call the estate planning team for a free consultation or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com or call 440-239-2090. Have a great weekend.
Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.